And we are back with another episode of How About Them Celtics. Sam and I are here on Wednesday, August 30th. I had to wait because my phone is plugged in. You know the drill by now. Uh, we were just talking about that before we jumped on, too. As soon as I, I looked at the phone, it was bad. Yeah, this is the version. <laughs> this is what we were talking about. Every time I go to start the show, Sam picks up his drink. And, and I just, like, I don't know if you guys can hear it because maybe it's it's faded out by the music or, like, they probably hear overdone. It. But, like, you just hear of sam's soda water just in the intro and i he picked it up as i was about to start i said i'm gonna wait for you to finish drinking first and then he made fun of me for the the date but we we hit both boxes regardless in the first minute of the show so sure did we're right there but uh we do have plenty of Celtic stuff to talk about before we get into any of that i might as well say this because you can join it now even though there's nothing to stream um sam and i are on playback now which is Basically, we'll be able to watch live Celtics games with you guys next year, which will be pretty cool. Playback is essentially you log into your TV provider and then we will also be on the screen if you go watch it on playback um, and we can just watch it there because obviously you can't do that on YouTube or anywhere at that because of copyright. Um so playback provides a platform to, for us to watch live events uh, with you guys. So if you'd like to follow us on playback, obviously there isn't much to stream right now, but there will be when the Celtics uh, start up again. Um, go follow us on playback. Those yeah. pesky in-season tournament games, because Jack and I are <laughs> heading out to Las Vegas. I mean, we're going to have a good time regardless. Like we're going yeah. as a trip, but we're assuming that the Celtics are going to be there, which may piss some hoping. people off if they're not Celtics fans. But the reason why I think they're going to be there is because their group sucks. And all it's going to take is them to win one knockout stage game to get there. So would be cool. Essentially, Jack and I have gambled a fair amount of money that the Celtics will make it to Las <laughs> Vegas. So we will watch those games on stream because they'll mean a bit more to us. We'll probably be we'll go to the games regardless. Uh the 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 ones in Vegas. At least one will be there. Yeah, we'll be at some games in Vegas, but we'll I don't know if I'm double like, dipping if uh, if they're not there, but if <laughs> That's fine. We'll see if they we'll don't make it, we'll it. still go. But uh yeah, playback, I believe it's playback.tv, not playback.com. Let me just check that. But just how about them Celtics on there? Playback.tv slash how about them Celtics. Give us a follow there. You can comment in the chat now, just like an offline chat if you want to, but follow us on there. We'll be streaming some games throughout the regular season. Obviously, not all of them because I'll be at some games. Um, and there's just times where we're not gonna be able to make it. But uh we'll try to stream some. Maybe we'll start with the preseason. But uh yeah, follow us on playback uh for next season. It'll be fun. Anyways. Let's dive into the Celtics news we have, excuse me, for today. Brad Stevens did a radio inter- interview, as I'm getting the hiccups as I'm starting Jesus. this, um, <clears throat> talking about Porzingis. You drink the water. Um, okay, buddy, whatever. <laughs> the Celtics were not aware of the foot injury when they traded Marcus Smart and got Porzingis, which is just not something you really want to hear. I mean... I put on Sam put this on the sheet and I responded with, well, then he's a bozo. <laughs> what, what are we doing here? I like, I don't really know what to make of this. I guess it's not surprising if it's just popped up, but plantar fasciitis isn't exactly the type of thing that just kind of pops up. So it's not, it's confusing. It's not an ACL tear. <clears throat> yeah. It's confusing to, to like why the Celtics wouldn't have known about this, but it also doesn't seem like it's if they had known about this, I don't think it would have restricted them from making the move. Maybe they could have gotten another second round pick or something, 
but it's just i don't know it's just weird that it comes out like this yeah well if they didn't know then they could be entitled to compensation because that's oh, is how that, the nba works no is that, is that I, I don't know <laughs> like, i'm pretty sure there have been like situations in the past where teams are like hey these guys screwed us they need to we need to be compensated and i think it's happened i don't know why i can't think of any off the top of my head but i'm i'm almost positive that this has happened before uh isaiah thomas is the closest thing i can think about but that trade hadn't gone through yet the celtics just had to throw in an extra second or something uh, maybe that's what i'm thinking the of. Kyrie trade um but that's the only example i can think about this one's just weird i like it's just like why is this coming out now is this brad stevens way of getting mad at the wizards or is this just him saying yeah we didn't know but it's fine because the rest of the quote or, or like him talking sounds like he's not worried about it, which is kind of the sentiment that a lot of Celtics media and, and people around the team are taking right now, because like we've detailed time and time again, players deal with plantar fasciitis. Joel Embiid dealt with it. One MVP show Gilgis Alexander, Shea Gilgis Alexander, excuse me, dealt with it. First team all NBA, like players deal with plantar fasciitis and move on from it. Um, that's not to say well, it's part, nothing, but still. This part didn't come from Brad. It came from Brian Robb. Oh, Brian Robb reported this. He reported that, this okay. as part of an article discussing Brad's radio appearance with WEI. Gotcha. Okay. <clears throat> well, but, regardless. I mean, the information is there regardless. Yeah. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, yeah. So Brian not great. Rob, not not the best. Usually you should yeah. know who you're trading for. <clears throat> not at all. Uh, but speaking of Brad Stevens, he did do an interview with Jones and is Mego. Is that how you pronounce it? Jones and Mego of WEEI. I uh, talked about Porzingis. That was the main sort of uh tidbit pulled from it. There were some other things too. We'll go over briefly, but the, the stuff about Porzingis was the main aggregated content from this Brad Stevens interview with Jones and Mego. Uh, so we'll go over that quick. Then we'll talk about it. Uh, talking about Chris stops when Rob was out at the start of the year, those guys played, those guys that played in this place did an amazing job keeping us afloat. Blake was good as it gets on the court, uh, on and off the court. Luke did a really good job. Cornette, obviously. Al talked about him doing a good job. Um, we just can't put that much on those guys and continue to expect it to be at the level we need it to be. So we had to address the balance of the roster. The part that was very obvious was he's seven foot three. He can play the five and the four and can play with any of our fives and fours, which I think is important. Uh, Chris Stop seems to be in a really good place. He's focusing on what matters. He's coming here to do his part and help us win. That was very clear and communicating with him. And when he was here for his press conference. So again, just sounds like Brad is very excited to have Chris Stops on board. It sounds like everything is all right. And uh, something we talked about, it sounds like they wanted somebody who could just be a, a Horford successor. That's not exactly what Brad's saying, but what I mean by that is Kristaps can play effectively with anybody in the team because he can shoot and he can guard fives, but he's also capable of playing the four a little bit. So he, we mentioned it before any of this was even like an idea in the Celtics head, like saying like, okay, yeah, Porzingis is the only guy around the league that can really replace what Horford does. And then they went it's out true. and got him. So you were all over it. Uh, yeah. You were all over from the very beginning. You were throwing him out there as a replacement. So good on you. Uh, I would be for one concerned if Brad wasn't excited about this trade, at least publicly. Right. <laughs> Imagine he's like, I made this trade, but it yeah. sucks. Like he's just, he knows yeah. how bad it is. He's just trying to get out in front of it. That would be <laughs> red flags. I would say. You think? <laughs> Would you agree? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that'd be pretty not good. <laughs> Imagine if he just came out and he was like, this is terrible, and we had to get on the pod and talk about it. <laughs> Brad goes on WEI, hand up my bad guys. Uh, this, yeah. This wasn't <laughs> so it turns out he lost a foot. Yeah. He's like, just he's, he's just, just, he's just got one. Oh, uh, man. No, I mean, 
there's not much to talk about about this. Like Chris Brad Stevens is excited about a trade he made two months ago, right? Like that's essentially what we're talking about here. Um, I think this part about balancing the roster is interesting, or it would be more interesting if we didn't hear the same from Wick about a month ago. So like that's also cool. Um, I don't know. Hey, cool. Glad Brad is excited. I am also excited. We said it a time and time again. I feel like people aren't excited enough for Christoph Sporzingis in Boston. And I mean, fair because Marcus Smart is gone and that has been the focus. But I think Porzingis is going to be great with the Celtics. So I'm, I mean, I'm excited about it more than consensus, I feel like. Well, I think we've both been kind of positive on it, at least as much as we could be from the jump, because he's just got such a great game to fit with the Celtics. Brad kind of nails it on the head where they needed to bring in somebody to help out that end of the roster. The big guys, they were solid. Horford's getting older. Rob Williams isn't consistently healthy. We don't even know if Blake Griffin's going to be back. And Blake yeah. Griffin was not playing a major part on this team. And they lo- they let Grant go, but that was after after the fact. It really didn't turn out to be good enough in the Miami series. I'm not saying if they had Porzingis, they win. Who knows? But having a low post presence is going to change this team for the better. It's going to be something that they can go to in the half court. It shouldn't be their number one option. But if things aren't going well and they can't score late in games, which is a trend, then it's going to be nice to have somebody they can throw to the ball to low Because for whatever reason, they don't want to do it for Tatum. They don't want to post up Tatum late in games. Even though in the playoffs, there were times they did post up Tatum, and it worked wonders. They just didn't go to it when they needed a bucket, and it was weird. Yeah, I I agree. I I just It'll be good for the offense, and I also think it'll be good for the defense. (laughs) Excuse me, especially when they go to the drop, which they seem to like a decent amount. Uh, The other piece, excuse me, of Brad Stevens' interview uh, was he him talking about last year's teams. He said, (laughs) excuse me, ultimately our job is to chase banners, and that's what we're trying to do. We think this team will be in the mix again, but being in the mix is only part of it. you got to be able to play your best when your best is needed. I thought we had a couple of bad weeks last year, and the worst one was in May. We just can't let that happen if we're going to be what we want to be. Basically, Brad saying we weren't good enough when we needed to be. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people could tell you that, right? Two bad weeks. What are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, as much as as much as it is easy to mock it, like, yeah, well, you can't have those bad weeks then. It does just kind of suck that the Celtics, like, worst weeks of the season happened. In, like, as much as you can say, well, you can't let that happen. The shots just didn't fall. <laughs> like, like as, no, they as were much bad. As, they could have been better on defense. Obviously there were things in their control that they could have helped, but like it also didn't help True. that the shots just stopped falling at the worst possible time. Yeah. And he really does nail it on the head. Cause I can point out a few stretches. Let's just say Brooklyn, New York, Cleveland. And then of course the Miami series where they just had the wheels come off. Even, even the middle of that Atlanta series where they lost the two games in a row. Like that was a bad stretch. They shouldn't even have lost the either of those series games. a little bit. The Philly series, game one was bad. Games four and five, they had Mm -hmm. a lapse at the end of game four. It carried over into game five. They just, they disappeared at times. So I guess he he felt the need to make a drastic move. It was something that they talked about, and they felt like something needed to change. We heard from Wick last month about that. But I'm, I'm really sick of them having bad weeks because this is essentially two straight years where they haven't won a title because of a couple bad weeks. I mean, the end of the finals was a bad week and a half or a bad week. Yeah. Games four through six weren't great. They got to perform at the right time. It's as simple as that. That that wasn't meant to be like an excuse for the Celtics. It's just like, 
as much as there was stuff within their control, there was also just like bad shooting, which is like as much as you say, we'll just make the shot. Sometimes you just go cold. Like Al Horford, and Malcolm Brogdon were two of the top five shooters in the league during the regular season. And they both shot like crap at points in the playoffs. So <clears throat> what are you going to do? But the other thing coming out from the Brad Stevens interview, which is another thing a lot of people are running with, uh, as you looked at it as simply as a roster construction standpoint last year, Peyton Pritchard, obviously, uh, really got squeezed, obviously, because our guards were so deep with Marcus, with Malcolm, with Derek. You slide Jason to the point a lot with that group where he brought the ball up uh, a lot, and our bigs were pretty thin. And the speculation is, okay, does this mean Pritchard's going to play more this year? Obviously, that's something that we've talked about a lot, something a lot of people are talking about a lot. There's Derek and Malcolm in front of him, but still, that should leave room for Pritchard. You value the shooting, you value the playmaking a little bit. My thing is always, I feel like him and Hauser should be fighting for that last rotation spot. And at that point, I'd probably just go with Hauser because he's just bigger. But I do think Pritchard will see a serious uptick in minutes this season. I'd hope so. I think this is all a bit strategic. I think Pritchard is somebody that they believe in. I wrote about this somewhere, Houdini today, that he really has stepped up in any opportunity he's gotten in the league. His rookie year, he got minutes at the beginning of the year, and he was a sensation. We were all in on Pritchard. All the fans were excited about him. He looked like he was really going to be a, uh, like a constant within the Celtics. And then the Celtics go out and get a little bit better. So he kind of falls out of the rotation, but he's still getting minutes in 2022. He still got playoff minutes under Ime Udoka. He, he had a really good series them. against the Nick, the mm-hmm. Nets. Yeah, he re-earned them too. He wasn't getting minutes at the start of the year. He played well towards the end of the season, then he got minutes in the playoffs. Like right. that's how the trend worked. But he just didn't even get this that past year, like the games where guys were out, he was pretty good. He had a good game up mm-hmm. in Toronto. Of course, he had a triple double at the end of the season against one of the teams. I think it was Atlanta. Fox. Yeah. And he's still proven that he's ready when the time comes. I'm interested to see what they get from him. Because if they can get something from Pritchard, it's going to be like a X-Factor type thing that people around the league were not expecting from the Celtics, especially writers, media. Like They're going to be like, oh my God, look at this Peyton Pritchard guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hope so. I hope so. It's 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 weird. I mean, it was also weird, and we've talked about this from the other angle too. Like Peyton Pritchard got playoff minutes over Sam Hauser, which was... I thought a poor choice probably at times because they were super small. Like there was one point in the, uh, the heat series where the Celtics brought three guys off the bench. It was Robin two point guards, which is just, I don't know, weird choices. I hope Pritchard sees an upgraded role this year, which I assume he will. He has to play more than last year just by roster construction, but we'll have to see how it plays out. All right. The next thing we have uh, is an email. Again, if you'd like to email us, we will read them. HBTC pod at gmail.com. Uh, another email from RJ Johnson, who is the only person who emails us, but I love it and I love reading his emails. And so we're going to check it out. Phone call. <clears throat> yeah. <Eight> phone calls. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we were recently, I think this is where we talked about it or we've talked about it multiple times. We were recently on the first to the floor guys is trivia podcast. Sam kicked my ass. Shocker. I know. Uh, but Sam has talked about wanting to know more about the quote unquote Celtics dark ages. Uh, and, uh, RJ has offered to help us with that. So I'm going to I'll read the email. I won't read the whole thing, but we'll paraphrase and we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, so basically, RJ, to sum up the first part, at least, he said, Sam has expressed the desire to know more about these dark ages. And since I lived through it, I'll fill you in. And he said, if I'm being diligent, I'll email the pod daily with new players. And so we will have content from RJ to, to cover. And, and 
we will be updating Sam on some of these players as much as RJ decides to email us. RJ, we appreciate you if you're listening to this. Thank you very much. So yes, he's, very he much. said he's decided to start with the 92-93 Celtics who were coached by Chris Ford. Uh, third season on the hot seat. Not great. Uh, still had Mikhail and Parrish and finished 48-34 and for the second best record in the Atlantic, uh, which sounds good until you see that they were 12 behind the Knicks uh, in the first round playoffs. Lost three games to one to the Charlotte Hornets. Not a black hole yet, but the shadows were getting long. Great descriptor. This is phenomenal. I like that. (laughs) I do too. Uh, So the play, excuse me, the player he's picking to educate Sam on today, and I guess me too, but Sam will remember it and I won't. Uh, Joe Klein, six foot 11 center who graduated from Arkansas. Joe had a 15 year career, which surprised RJ. Uh, Five of them in Boston coming over the mid season, uh, early 1989 with six, nine power forward. Easy Ed Pickney. Uh, who we've heard about, um, was in the Danny Ainge trade, uh, trading a shooting guard for a backup center for a pair of rotation big men. It's probably seemed like a good idea, but Klein turned out to be less of a successor to Robert Parrish than he was uh, in the historical chain of tall, broad, white guys like Greg Kite, Mark Akers, Marty Conlon, and he goes on to list a ton of tall self Aaron Baines twice. <laughs> yeah, well, he's that good. He fills up All the whole of room. Australia. <laughs> uh 31 year old Klein played in 78 games averaging a little over a quarter's worth of playing time 14.5 minutes a night uh 3.3 points 4.4 rebounds uh Klein mostly took up space while giving Parrish McHale and a lot <clears throat> I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name uh some rest there's nothing inherently bad about Klein but he was sort of the NBA lifer that keeps getting minutes more because he was tall than he was good uh, and then explanation here. This is again, we're filling in Sam's uh, black hole years knowledge. Why single out a guy like Klein to kick this off? He's indicative of one aspect of the Celtics team during this period. The veteran who can help out a contending team, but should yield his roster spot to younger players who have more of a future in front of them than the past in the rearview mirrors. Happy Wednesday. Looking forward to training camp. Thank you very much, RJ. Sam, yeah. have you ever heard of Joe Klein? <laughs> I not, but I think the interesting tidbit from this is that he was part of the Ainge trade and people actually viewed him as a successor to Parrish. So this to me is like the one of the first dominoes to fall in the terms of why the Celtics fell off the cliff in the 90s besides tragedy. Ainge was a key piece of their team throughout their powerhouse years in the 80s. Not that he was a star, but he truly... I thought mm-hmm. he was wearing 33 for a second on this graph. No. Oh my goodness. <laughs> 53. This is Joe Klein. He's on the screen on YouTube if you're looking. Okay. Yeah. But yes, <laughs> helped help them be successful in the eighties. Danny Ainge losing him for somebody that ended up being a journeyman in the NBA. Tough trade. Number one L. First one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, L in this trade never averaged more than ten points a game. Uh, here's the basketball reference page for those who are curious about Joe Klein. He won a championship in nineteen ninety eight. Uh, so good for him. Didn't play a lick of minutes for that team, <laughs> the Bulls in the playoffs at least, but <clears throat> got a ring anyways. Um, start. Yeah, he started a game for the Bulls that year. He, he really got off to a hot start when he was younger in Sacramento. Didn't really play much past that. Um, I know basketball reference does that. You know that thing where they like compare players' careers together? Yeah. Uh... So, <clears throat> similarity scores. They compare him to... Spencer Hawes. That's that's the best comparison that I'm seeing on here. He's the Spencer Hawes, the Bill Wennington, the Luke Longley, uh, Myers and, Leonard, uh, Myers Leonard, I don't, I Luke uh, Len Elmore, and Vitali. This is Celtic. I only know this Another because former I Celtic <clears throat> because I got it on the thing. But anyways, thank you, RJ. We're gonna be learning a little bit more about the uh, the black hole years of the Celtics from RJ throughout the course of the rest of the summer, uh, and hopefully, S- Sam. 
one of these could help you in the finals of the first of the floor trivia. Joe it's Klein could be the could be the kicker for you. Do you have this a day is for essentially you Rocky chasing the chicken? Is us reading the email? <laughs> it's the same thing. Do you have a date for the first of the floor trivia yet, or just soon? I don't. I don't know. Okay. All right. I'll be there. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be watching. I'll be, I'll be on the side. Can I have Jack like competing. like on the screen with me? <laughs> Some moral support. <laughs> well, I'll just look and be like, okay, well, I was still better than him. <laughs> <laughs> eat shit come on man give me a break all right the next thing we have is catching up with more former celtics although we're not going to go as far back as joe klein here romeo lankford has good signed segue. a training camp deal with the utah jazz what'd you say good segue <laughs> thank you very much i'm trying, I'm trying to, i can't tell when you say good segue if you're mocking me or if you're serious. no no i i don't think i say that sarcastically <laughs> unless like it's clearly not <laughs> well, Romeo Langford has signed a 10-day deal or uh sorry, training camp deal with the Utah Jazz. Romeo Langford last played for the San Antonio Spurs last year. They did not bring him back. They have too many players on the roster as it is. Um he was obviously a part of the Derek White trade. Uh he played in 43 games for the Spurs last year, started 21 of them. Uh played 19.6 minutes a night, averaged 7 points, a little under 3 rebounds, a little over 1 assist, uh, and shot 47% from the field and 26% from deep still can't figure out that three point shot. Although he was figuring it out towards the end of his career in Boston, just hasn't really translated. Uh, I, I don't really know what to think about Romeo Langford. He's only 23. He's still young, but man, I don't know. Danny Ainge wants his guy back. <laughs> sure does. He he's all in on that draft pick. He's like, I'm going to be right. Yeah. Whether it's in Boston or Utah, he's going to pan out for me. Uh, I wrote about this today. Langford has been an injury guy. He's played 140-something games over four years. He's missed overseas in total. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest hindrances to his success. Last year probably could have been a decent year if he didn't have to miss so many games. Missed almost half the season. He started almost half the games he played in. And he had a career high in scoring, albeit because of opportunity. But yeah. there's still room for growth. Again, he's only 23. It's not like he's 27. It's like, okay, this is all you're going to get. And don't get me wrong, like just because somebody's young doesn't mean they're going to progress. It's not like a 2K game where like no matter what, they get better and better and better every year. It's not true. But it doesn't mean there's hope. There's no hope. Utah's in a good spot to take a chance on somebody like Romeo where they don't have a ton of expectations heading into the season. They have a weird roster where it's like they could be good, but they could also be one of the worst teams. Not good, but like competitive. Or they could be one of the worst teams. <clears throat> The Jazz, yeah, I agree. Um, quiz for Sam here. Romeo Lankford was what pick in the 2019 NBA draft? 14. No. Can, yes. Yeah, no, yeah. 14. How many players can Sam name that were drafted after him? I'll give you the team. You just have to tell me the player. After? Okay. Yeah, right after. So we're this is basically like, oh, Kelly Olenek to Giannis. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, or that, right. that sort of thing. <clears throat> so, uh the pick after the Celtics was pick 15. Detroit had the pick. Who did they select? This is we're, we're starting off hot. There, they there were not. <laughs> they did. There yeah. were not many heaters immediately after uh, Romeo. So I was going to come out here and complain about the pick, but Celtics didn't do too terrible. Uh, 16 was Orlando. <clears throat> you tell me who they took. 2019. Oh, no, 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 not going. It was he was the year after then. Yes, because people wanted the Celtics to pick him when he was in the draft. <laughs> he was the the pick right after Aaron Neesmith. Who the hell was the year after? Cole Anthony. Uh, I mean, who was picked that year then? This guy did not 
play his first NBA season for it wasn't even for injury though he just like wasn't there right. uh Chumo Kiki I I, I don't okay. know why he didn't play yes, his first season but I remember he know. didn't uh 17 was Brooklyn but this guy didn't go to Brooklyn I think it was a draft day trade and he went to New Orleans instead so New Orleans made the pick the Pelicans I don't know <laughs> not Nikhil Alexander Walker <laughs> okay uh Indy was 18 <laughs> Chris Duarte? No, you're laughing. Go, so would go, Goga Batadze. Okay. And well, then, at least uh, like I know who these guys are. The Spurs at 19 was Luka Samanich. I'm just kidding. We're, yeah, I would not have. Luka Samanich at 19. No. Boston for Philly at 20 was Matisse Tybal. That's the Tybal. first one where you look at and was like, oh, maybe they could have. Uh, but really, this this 14 to 20, Romeo Langford to uh, Lucas or yeah, Luka Samanich 14 to 19 dead but on the opposite side of that you get into the 20s tybal uh, brandon clark grant williams darius baisley ty jerome nasir little jordan pool kelton johnson kevin porter jr also there so like <laughs> this all just were just in the worst possible window apparently right uh but uh romeo yeah i mean of those guys maybe you'd rather them take Nikhil alexander walker but I, <laughs> hey there was no winning <laughs> no <laughs> the winning was are you, you impressed know, i knew jumbia or do I was I was surprised yeah. you got that one there. Um, but yeah, there was a heater of talent from the 28th pick into the first pick in the second round. Jordan Poole, Keldon Johnson, Kevin Porter Jr., Nick Claxton uh, at the turn. Yeah. So like some real solid NBA players there. But Romeo Langford, <laughs> excuse me, signing with the Jazz. Danny Ainge got his guy back. I uh, thought we'd give you an update from there. Uh, next thing we have is former Celtic. Again, not Langford, not Joe Klein. We're going to go to a different era. We're just covering all the eras today. Rajon Rondo joined JJ Redick um, on the Old Man in Three podcast. Uh, and he talked about a bunch of Celtic stuff. The most prominent that I saw, and this was just the clip I saw. I haven't gotten the chance to listen to the full podcast yet. Um, the clip I saw from Rondo was him talking about studying coaches rather than players. So when he goes into a game, he will try to beat the coach versus trying to beat the player. And he used Brad Stevens as the example. He noted the Bulls Celtics series in 2017 saying, great examples when I was going against the Celtics when I played for the Bulls. My whole mindset this entire series was to beat Brad Stevens. Because I'm thinking my mindset is thinking, how can I beat the coach? How can I outcoach the coach? Uh, I feel like I have the power and I'm involved in the game. So I have more of an influence and impact that I can make versus a coach yelling from the sidelines. I think I watched maybe four or five of Steven's games to where his fourth quarter plays were calling sets that they ran for Isaiah and Horford, uh, Isaiah Thomas, obviously, and Al Horford in the particular series to get ahead to the curve. Also talked about how in the 2020 finals, he and LeBron sat down, talked. He said, okay, if the Celtics win, I got Brad. If the Heat win, you got Spo. And so it's just, I just thought it was cool to hear rondo talk about this sort of mindset that not a lot of players have like he's like i don't want to beat the players like most people go up against Celtics. how do we beat tatum how do we beat the player focusing on how do i beat the coach how do i out coach the coach from the floor and that's just probably the most rondo thing i've ever heard in my life yeah the full conversation like they went on and like chris paul was another guy that reddick brought up just as like a, yeah. a real thinker on the floor but Those two right. will probably like, be the best coaches of any players in the league right now. Or Rondo's not. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And as for coaching, since it's something we did talk about back <laughs> in like May, because I mean, Joe Mazzulla was kind of on the hot seat until they almost came back. He says he wants to coach someday. Maybe not yet. Yeah. Sorry. I thought there was more. I had something over your face and sometimes you pause. Okay. 
<laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, just a cool conversation. You said there were some other things you talked about too. Uh, I didn't yeah, listen to the whole podcast. They, but. so they, they talk about Rondo getting drafted. He gets drafted by Phoenix trade to Boston. First year he's in Boston. The team sucks. Doc's not playing him a whole lot. He wanted to ask for a trade and he ended up not doing that. He was almost included in the KG trade. He wasn't. So he felt very fortunate to have stick stuck around and be able to compete mm-hmm. with those three guys, the Hall of Famers, and win a championship. Uh, he also talked in detail about his ACL tear in 2013, where tore his ACL against Atlanta, said he posted a triple-double in that game, was planning on warming up against Miami two days later and was getting stretched out, and the doctor checked his knee and told him to go to the hospital. Then he was on the way back from the hospital, and on the radio they said that he has a torn ACL, and he didn't even know that yet. Yeah. I mean, good story. Other anecdotes. Yeah, I was gonna say, is there anything else? Off the top of my head, I can't tell you. Like, I don't, I don't know. But I did, I did listen to the full thing today because I wanted to be ready. Good. I didn't. I'm bummed. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) Times you wake up today. You were up early. I was up early. I got up at like eight thirty. I think. Oh. I don't know why. It was a normal day. (laughs) I didn't want to be up at eight (laughs) thirty. I wasn't productive till later in the day, so that's fine. But. I, I procrastinated long enough to where I was. You got to get up early and just be like, I'm up. I'm going to take advantage of it. Then later in the day, you're like, ah, I'm done with everything. I can do whatever nah. I want. <clears throat> I don't think I'll ever function that way. I'm exhausted right now because <laughs> I didn't get enough sleep. Uh, speaking of Rondo, this doesn't have to be its own point, but something else I saw. Uh, Delano Banton supposedly modeled his game after Rondo. It just searched Rondo and this came up somewhere. Uh, Taylor Snow of Celtics.com wrote it from a young age. Banton modeled his game after former Celtic point guard Rajon Rondo. He stuck with the position even after experiencing a massive growth spurt in high school, rising from five foot nine as a freshman to six foot six as a junior. <laughs> That's nuts. I, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, the growth. Well, you kind of had similar. Yeah, except I went from four ten to six one rather than five. It's a nine massive to six, growth spurt, though. I know. So you can't imagine being five nine to six six. I guess, except mine was Delano Banton went from good high school basketball player to NBA player. I went from <laughs> a life of hell to being you able went to from stay. little person to regular sized. Yeah, I, I went from not being able to ride the roller coasters to not be, not wanting to ride them by choice. Yes. <laughs> well, now you don't have to, uh, see. Wouldn't you rather not be able to ride them though? Because then nobody's like, "Wow, what a fucking pussy." <laughs> no, because then I'd be four ten. <laughs> uh love, love to the short kings out there but i uh, i beat the allegations i'm gonna be i'm gonna be happy for myself <clears throat> oh man speaking i was i looked like a rat when i was a freshman in high school i was i was so small i was like ah uh, it was it was tough it was tough luck it was a tough period anyways enough about my high school days isaiah thomas is what we're talking speaking about speaking of five nine Sam, yeah <laughs> perfect uh sam wanted to put the tinfoil hat on so i'll, I'll let you do that sam yeah, so uh, Isaiah Thomas has been in the news on Twitter, at least a little bit lately. Uh, part news. part <laughs> you're doing, right? Yeah. Read your article. I read it today because yeah. I really just Thank haven't you. been sitting around <laughs> to read anything. And yeah. it was excellent. You went into detail about Thank his time here. Um, so I thought that was great. But then he went on Twitter and he shouted you out. He did. Like the article, retweeted it. It was very nice like of Isaiah talk Thomas. about that. Uh, I mean, I woke say. up. I well, it was funny because I woke up at my normal two p.m. time and I saw this influx of stuff. I was like, oh, 
that's that's pretty cool and then i i saw isaiah thomas like and i was like oh that's really cool and then i saw everyone talking about it i was like oh what is happening and i was very confused i i was appreciative uh that he retweeted it i was more happy obviously it's dope to have him retweet the story and say like you know love for Boston. you like the tweet and stuff obviously I had to plug underneath and say open invite to the pod he don't think respond. he'll ever do that <clears throat> no he did not uh, i was more happy that more people had their eyes on it though because this this was like this didn't happen the day it released this happened like t- a day or two after it came out so i was like okay more people are gonna see this now and i was i was pretty happy with the way it came out i have imposter syndrome so i can never tell if it's things are good or not I, I no i thought okay. i thought you did good you could tell you put effort in you went into detail about all sorts of different parts of his career and i thought that was pretty great i thought i thought you did a good job with it i appreciate it but yeah no i mean it was cool it's cool to see he still likes his celtics but uh i'll let you spew your tinfoil hat stuff and then i'll shut it down myself (laughs) of course like jack said he quote tweeted jack's tweet he said i always have love for boston or something he loves the city then i was listening to pardon my take today as one does on a wednesday which is why we drop on Thursday, Tuesday, and Sunday. <laughs> um, big cat question if Isaiah ever got a tribute video. Not in relation to Jack, but they were talking about Max Scherzer, who got one from the Mets, I guess, after being there for a season. And uh, so that came up, which he did get one. And then the Celtics account tweeted a graphic with him on it. Of course, it was really for Tatum, who was the first Celtic to score 30 points per game in a season. But I feel like that's the first time in my recollection that they have done any kind of social post, anything like that with Isaiah. Well, they did the tribute video. No, they did that. But like, I mean, like, like actually like posting it on social media, maybe it's just because time has passed, but it's like, it's this weird thing. Like they hadn't been really talking about him. Like they kind of act like he didn't exist. It felt like maybe. So this is the post, by the way, I'll just put it on the screen for YouTube. Like it is kind of, isn't it? It is strange. Like seeing him in a post. Because I saw it this is. today and I was like, why the hell? What is this? Well, it's it's very weird because you usually only hear the Celtics talk about. And this is something I, I talked about in the if, article. If too, you're like, listening, by the way, it's a graphic of Havlicek, Isaiah, Bird, and Tatum, mm-hmm. all of the uh, top points per game scorers in a single season for the Celtics. Tatum, you only want to hit 30, which is the Correct. point of the post. But <clears throat> it's it's weird because I don't know if it's the Celtics ignoring Isaiah intentionally or the fact that, like, what context are they supposed to bring up Isaiah? Because, and that's not a diss at Isaiah, but it's the point of the article, right? Like, he did not win a title in Boston. He was here Correct. for two, like, two and a half seasons. It's not like he was here for a long time. Like, you hear them talk about Larry Bird, obviously, right? Paul Pierce, obviously, won a title here for years and years and years. Garnett and Allen won a title here, right? <clears throat> Bill Russell, obviously, all these legends who played on those teams back then, obviously, because they won titles and did all this stuff. You hear the Grizzlies talk about Tony Allen and Zach Randolph because those are literally the best players who ever played for the organization. I don't know if it is much it's as much as the Celtics trying to like erase Isaiah Thomas from their franchise, or more the fact that like if they're gonna talk about players who did the best things, he's just not up there as often because of how big the franchise is and how little he played here in terms of like tenure. Um also which is part of the draw, I think. What was this made it so special? Makes my point a bit moronic, but also plays into it at the same time. When Pritchard had his big pro am game, Isaiah was in that post too. <laughs> he was. He was so in the post, th- this yeah. is a couple in a couple weeks. They've, they've <laughs> got him on the social account. So there's <clears> two <throat> roster spots left. Mm-hmm. Do they finally do it? You I know how you feel about this because you put on the sheet. Uh but 
it is something I have said for years. What is the harm in doing it? And you have given me a good response when we talk about it because I think <laughs> I think you make a good point when you like bring this up because it's true. I'll let you say it if you'd like, but you're always like it could be a distraction. It could be a distraction. I worry that he again love Isaiah Thomas. I wrote the article. It was one of the best errors, one of the first like most enjoyable errors of Celtics basketball for me as a, as a fan. Correct. But because I know Sam, you're the same way. I didn't start watching till like the very, very tail end of the big three. At least era. I didn't have an appreciation for it yet. <laughs> exactly. You're not, you're not really old enough yet. Exactly. But if he wants to play real minutes, that's not going to happen here. If he, you know, the fans it's, I mean, you thought taco fall was a big thing. Like imagine Isaiah Thomas on the end of bench chair. I would be more open to it now than I think I probably ever have been just because of how perfect or per, obviously knock on wood, but like, they are, have good depth at every position. They this genuinely the have like Indiana Jones swaps the sandbag for the relic. <laughs> like it's the same weight, him and Marcus. <laughs> like could you try and like offset yeah. that, that everyone's upset. They bring him in. I'll put it this way. If the Celtics come out in a couple days and they say that the final two roster spots are Blake Griffin and Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> I mean, I won't be complaining, and I know Sam will be running around his house. I'll be, I'll be hyped. I'd be hyped if they brought him back. I think he deserves to be back in some degree. I think he deserves the end of the bench spot. I don't see what harm. I mean, we just did four videos this week. Nobody gave a fuck of the guys that the Celtics brought in to work out. Like, other than maybe Lamar Stevens, like, who is it really worth putting on the roster over an Isaiah? I don't know how open he would be to it. I'd more that's another him... factor in this. Yeah, well, that too. But I was going to say, I don't know how if you'd open, be open to this idea. I'd rather him in the Evan Turner coach role where he's like the player coach. I think uh, I think dope. I think I only care but... if he's playing. <laughs> you're, you're the worst. <laughs> Why can't he be the coach? Because it's not as exciting. There's no like, <laughs> oh, if they beat the piss out of some team tonight, he's going to come in the game. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I'd be open to it. I don't think it'll happen, but I'm more open to it now. Did you see his response to this tweet, by the way? Yeah, he was like, uh, Danny sat me down, put me on a minutes restriction, and I was at 29-3, and then I fell off at the end of the this season. <laughs> yeah, he almost. he's saying he could have gotten the 30, which is crazy. That he I don't know. This has just been a lot of Isaiah Thomas stuff in the last couple of weeks. It has been. More than you've seen in a while. But uh, I don't know. I'd, I, like I said, I'm more open to it now than I ever have been. Do I think it'll happen? No, but would be cool. Would be very cool. All right. Do we have any other Celtics stuff? Oh, yeah. We have a couple more things. Maybe one. Sam, I'll let you lead this because you put it in the sheet. And you, you phrased it very back eloquently. Again. Today, Zach Buckley put out a mock trade article for every single team offloading their quote-unquote worst contracts. The Celtics were involved in two trades. One was their own. One was another team's. Did not even mm -hmm. see the second one, to be completely honest with you. I threw it on here, yeah. Um, for their trade, Buckley pitched that the Celtics send Jalen Brown, Peyton Pritchard, and a 2024 first-round pick to the Cleveland Cavaliers for Donovan Mitchell. We'll talk mm -hmm. about this one before we move on. Sure. I wrote about this one for Hardwood Houdini. I think if in any world the Celtics were to trade Jalen Brown, this would be the best return they would get for him. But mm -hmm. to me, the trade is not intriguing unless you're only doing a swap. And even then, I'm really kind of out on trading a guy that just extended with you and said he's going to do all these great things for the city and 
all of that. Like it's like just another breach of trust. Like kind of feels like an unwritten rule. Like don't do that yet, and they can't even do it till January, anyways. If they wanted to, here's why it's really bad. One, you're giving up Pritchard, who we literally just kind of pontificated on being a rotational piece this year and might actually help, especially if guys get hurt. And you're also giving up a 2024 first-round pick. I don't remember if it's theirs or the Warriors pick. If it's the Warriors pick, it could actually have some kind of value depending on how their season goes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wrote about the picks for Celtics blog. I talked about it on here, which is what it inspired me to write for Celtics blog last time, is these picks are starting to become more valuable than ever. Because that's a way to add bodies to the roster that could produce for cheap. With the new CBA coming in, strangleholding the whole league, you need those picks. And if you're the Celtics, the idea of this whole article by Buckley is to shed salary. You're going to give up a pick that you could bring in a guy for, for nothing? What sense does that make? For essentially a same-level player, would you say these two guys are the same level? Or at least that it's fair to say? Uh, I think they're it, pretty uh- comparable. I'll put it this way. If it wasn't for the all Jalen Brown has done, the fact that he just extended the chemistry, like all this exterior stuff, purely just basketball, nothing else. Like I wouldn't do this trade, but if it was just basketball, I I might do this trade. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad. I literally said, this is probably the best thing I've seen for Jalen. I know. But my point is, I think Donovan Mitchell would be, that much of an upgrade where I might consider this if it weren't for all the exterior stuff, him just extending the stuff he's doing in the city, his, his relationship with the, the team, et cetera, et cetera. Donald Mitchell's a dog. Donald Mitchell's a beast. He is consistently one of the, the playoffs. Big difference between these two guys is Donald Mitchell throughout his whole career has had to be the number one. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown has never gotten the opportunity slash had to do that. Really? He had that one game where he scored 50 against Orlando and Tatum didn't play. Mm-hmm. I, I hate to beat a dead horse. Another big difference is Donald Mitchell is very good with the ball in his hands. <laughs> very, very good with the ball in his oh, hands. Oh, it's true. <laughs> so, I mean, Donald Mitchell averaged 28, 4, and 4.5 and last year on 48, 39 splits on 9 threes a game. Like, he's 6'1", so he's shorter, but you pair him with Derek White in the backcourt. That's lethal, right? You run them as the 1 2, Tatum, Porzingis. He's 6'1. He's, yeah, he's 6'1. He's very short. Um, do you have like basketball? Right? Yeah, you definitely do because you just read the stats. I do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He's very short. I I like this trade, but that's just kind of a huge Donald Mitchell fan. Again, because of all of the other stuff off the court, everything Jalen Brown has done. Not that Donald Mitchell wouldn't like be a good person to have in the community, but like the, the relationship, the foundation that Jalen has laid, the fact that he just signed this extension, his commitment to the team wouldn't make the deal because I, I think the Celtics should continue to grow and build what they've already built. Purely basketball, I would probably do it just because Donald Mitchell's that guy. I don't think the Cavs would ever consider it, but yeah well the the pitch was that they'd be afraid mitchell was going to leave in 2025 sure maybe maybe so that that was the the reasoning but the, the other weird one thing about this sorry before we do that the was... weird thing about this specific thing is uh i'm pretty sure don mitchell and jalen brown are really good friends yes i was i was thinking <laughs> so... that when you were talking i was like i wonder if they text about this today yeah like hey man fun. you see this shit <laughs> can you believe this <laughs> uh second trade this was for the lakers to offload their quote-unquote worst contract Anthony Davis, who yeah. just got extended, goes to the Celtics in exchange for Jalen Brown and Robert Williams. Um, would I do this? Probably not. Anthony Davis can't stay on the court, which sucks. With injuries off, maybe you do it. But then again, that kind of defeats the purpose of trading Rob because that's his like big Achilles heel is that he can't stay healthy. But 
you're essentially putting those two players into one player where you're getting a second option and a defensive stalwart down low. Yeah. So like, I get it and you're not giving up a pick, but I don't really think that Anthony Davis extension is very good, which it makes sense. I mean, I guess you could say the same thing for Jalen. It's more expensive than Jalen's contract annually. Put it that way. So yeah. And he take can't really stay healthy. Um, like you said, if injuries were off, like I'm not going to sit here and say Jalen Brown's a better player than Anthony Davis, but if you take into account, injuries and, and and consistency stuff like that i'd probably just keep what the celtics have that being said i would be lying if i said a part of me didn't like light up inside intrigued by an anthony davis christoph's porzingis front court because that sounds disgusting oh, i kind of forgot christoph's was on the team <laughs> exactly that sounds nasty and think about that in the context Jordan walsh today it was christoph's right and think about that in the concept uh context excuse me of the porzingis trade uh, the mitchell trade too like donovan mitchell jason tatum porzingis think about how like evenly that would flow across the positions too not that i'm saying tatum and brown are bad paired together but like adding another big or another guard instead of two wings. There's there's stuff. Uh, I will say I'm shocked that one of the first three words out of your mouth wasn't Anthony Davis's dad sucks. <laughs> oh, I kind of forgot. I, I'm, I'm off my game. <laughs> Anthony Davis's was dad probably had a stroke reading that article. I was waiting for it. Like he uh, probably no, had yeah. his day ruined. <clears throat> Think about Zach how Buckley got a couple emails from like clutch. <laughs> they were like, delete this. Think about how giant that lineup would be, though. A front court of Tatum, Anthony Davis, Kristaps Porzingis. <laughs> you have Derek White, who's what, 6'4 at point? 6'3, six, 6'4, six, something like that. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, who would you run at the other spot, though? That's the other thing. Doesn't matter. I, I guess. You roll out. Put me out there. Brogdon. Low key, just run Brogdon, Derek White. Brogdon, Derek White, Jason Tatum. Anthony Davis, Kristaps Porzingis. I mean, the defensive punch of if you start Brogdon, he obviously not the greatest defender, but then the defense of White, Tatum, Porzingis, Davis. Not saying uh Jalen Brown's a bad defender, but like <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> he fucked. Um, but no, I, I I probably wouldn't do either of these trades. Like realistically, basketball perspective might do the Donovan one, injuries off might do the Davis one. They're fine trades, right? They're you know, it's whatever it's it's like you said bleacher report is it's fucking back not not bad today they are bleacher back report. there you go there you go they're, um, they're in peak form is really what i should have put we don't have to go over it and i don't even know if i could find it on the fly i was looking for like trade articles or excuse me yeah for something i was writing for fan-sided and I found a heater Celtics trade it was true it wasn't the one from last time was it because the no, maps were in that one it was a different one. It was truly maybe the worst thing I've ever seen. I desperately want to find it now, but I don't know uh, if I'll be able to um, off the dome. It was another, oh man. It was another like three, four teamer where the Celtics just got absolutely like <clears throat> screwed. I, I I won't be able to find it off the, off the dome, but uh, I'll look for it eventually. Anyways, <clears throat> we can move on. Uh, We'll bump the other Celtics thing we had to yeah, another just time. Roll it over. <laughs> just roll it over. Uh, and we will move on to the NBA portion of the programming. And the first thing we have here in the NBA section uh, is a FIBA catch-up. So let me, let me pull up the scores from today because we looked at it just a couple days ago. Uh, I did actually watch a little bit of FIBA this morning when I woke up. I, when I say up. a little bit, <clears throat> because I was up, I watched it while I was still in bed. Let me put the NBA section on. I have not um, watched a lick of it. I didn't I'm watch a bad, much. bad basketball fan. <clears throat> Um, 
when I say a little bit, I watched probably like 10 minutes. So I was lame. I watched Slovenia's game against Cape Verde. Um, and for those people saying that the NBA whistles suck, play more like FIBA, there were more whistles in a 10 minute period of me watching than I've seen in the NBA. That's what everyone's was saying is that it's ridiculous. so much better though. But I literally every single play down the court was a whistle. Every single one back and forth. Whistle, whistle, whistle. And you could sit there and joke like, oh, it's just Luca. It wasn't Luca. <laughs> it was just in general. There was a whistle every time down the court. Yeah. So that was, I mean, I know fun. off the top of my head, I know US 3 0, Lithuania 3 0, France gone, mm-hmm. Greece gone, uh, Canada juggernaut. Uh, mm-hmm. Other than that, I don't know. <laughs> Okay, so catching up here, I believe all the group stage games are over. So I, I or I don't know if that's true. I well, think so. U.S. But. and Lithuania are in the same group, I think, and they haven't played because they're both three and zero. Yeah, I don't know how the group stage works, but I know every team has played three group stage games. <clears throat> I don't know if that's all it is. Let me look up FIBA World Cup bracket because I have to assume it goes to a bracket <clears throat> at some point, right? When does yes, the... there's going to be a knockout stage. When does the knockout stage start? Is what I'm curious about because like if it early next week, me, I have to imagine. Um, September 5th, so middle of next week. Um, so I think I don't know. Uh, let me go over the standings though. Dominican Republic was three and zero, or they are three and zero. I don't know if there's more group stage games. I don't know how it works. Carl Anthony Towns, shout out Serbia three and zero without Jokic, so that's kind of cool. Good for them. They have one of the Bogdanoviches. I don't know which one they have. I know one of them is Serbian and the other one is not Serbian. Uh, Bojan is Croatian, so that means Bogdan Bogdanovic is Serbian. So, okay, there's that. Um, other teams that well, Puerto Rico's two and zero. Shout out to Mount Waters. Italy's two and one. Good for them as well. Uh, they have Simone Fontecchio, and the only reason I care about him is because. The only reason my name's ever going to be in 2K is because of Simone Fontecchio. <laughs> so thank you to him. <clears throat> Greece 2-1, and one, like you said. Uh, Lithuania is 3-0. and oh. Jonas Valanciunas leading them to a good record. Nikola Vucevic has Montenegro at 2-1. and one. Germany is 3-0. and oh. Shout out Daniel Tice. Australia is only 2-1, and one, which isn't terrible, but they're stacked. Um, so they should probably be a bit better. Slovenia is 3-0. and oh. Georgia is 2-1. and one. Sandra Mamukalashvili is on that squad. Uh, NBA player leading the way. Spain is three and zero. Brazil is two and one. Canada is three and zero. Latvia is two and one. France is one and two. Bums, um, and I believe that is it. I'm seeing different groups here though, which is why I'm confused because I see Group A, or excuse me, this you, I'm seeing Group C with U.S., Greece, New Zealand, Jordan, but then the U.S. is also in Group J with Lithuania, U.S., Greece, Montenegro. So I don't know how it works in terms of the group stage, um, <clears throat> but that's the point. The other thing, the U.S. won this morning, uh, one ten to sixty-two against Jordan really uh, and Ronde. Yeah, against Ronde Hollis Jefferson, who played well. Um, the other thing I saw is Brandon Ingram got benched for Josh Hart. Oh, it finally happened. Lineup. There was rumblings that he was cooked. Yeah, and uh, Josh Hart put up two points, but he had twelve rebounds. So he did I his saw job. That stat line. He's all over the place. Uh, mm-hmm. Funny enough, I was just looking at my Celtics blog post from today because I like to look at the comments. Yeah. And uh, our good friend uh, Eric Lewis came along and said, well, 
The gig is up, friends. I cannot help this team anymore. Off into retirement, <laughs> I go. And I'm not making this up for the purpose of a segue. It actually happened. Go look. I thanked him for his service. That is hilarious. Uh, but it's true. Eric Lewis has perished. The NBA announced on Twitter today that not Eric perished. Lewis is retiring. <laughs> retiring. Not Don't say perish as if he died. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, the statement read, NBA referee Eric Lewis has informed the league office that he is retiring effective immediately. In light of his decision, the NBA's investigation into social media activity has been closed. Eric Lewis quite simply ruled, I can't believe the NBA let the Lakers and LeBron fans bully them into making him retire. Eric Lewis was under investigation for, quote unquote, not quote unquote, reportedly having burner accounts or allegedly having mm-hmm. burner accounts on Twitter. He definitely he had burner accounts. To defend himself and other referees. Now, he has since come out and said that it was his brother running those. Lie. Uh, regardless, kind of rules. Why isn't KD getting reprimanded? True. <laughs> yeah. Why did Eric Lewis have to retire? KD's still out there. I don't know, man. This whole situation was so weird. I remember we looked at the burner a long, a long time ago. Eric when Lewis it first popped up on Twitter. He did the music yeah. video with Scott Foster in the car. Oh, really? Was he in that? Yeah. That was that was maybe the best thing NBA refs have done ever. Maybe ever. I don't know. Eric Lewis, Celtics, very good good record. It's all mm-hmm. to say. So Celtics he'll be fans. missed. Yeah. Shout out Eric Lewis. Thank you, Eric Lewis. Did they put uh, the whistle in the Raptors? <laughs> no, nope. didn't get a ring. 2022, they were close. Ring. Couldn't get it done. Mm-hmm. So close. Uh, next thing we have another one of Sam's favorite players, Ben Simmons. Talk oh, about I love Philadelphia. <clears throat> Did you see these quotes? No. Well, I read them in the sheet, but I had not seen them before you found. Oh, them. Ben Simmons did an interview with Mark J. Spears of Anscape Hall of Famer, by the way. Mark J. Spears got his Hall of Fame ring this yes. year. <clears throat> Shout out to him. Um, <clears throat> talked about Philadelphia. Uh, said he'd go back to Philly if he had to go to somewhere, another team. He said, "I'll always have love for Philly." People always ask me. If you were to get traded again, where would you want it to be? I always say just Philly. Philly is the second home to me. And in time, you learn to grow. You learn and grow as people. Now, if this is Ben Simmons saying, I have learned and grown and, like, I was probably wrong for the way it ended there. Respect, I guess, because, like, that, that, I mean, it takes. Yeah, respect. You, you played you know bad and then got mad at them for holding you accountable. It takes something to admit that. So, like, good for Ben Simmons. Just weird though. <laughs> Just a weird thing to hear in the news. Cycle. How many years are left on his contract? This year and One? next year, I believe. Yeah, so uh, he's two. getting like to the point where he's going to be a free agent, and he's going to need somebody to sign him. So he's just yeah. he's covering his bases. I would say. I don't really think you can be like I'd love to go back to Philly when you were like I'm never playing for this team again. That's what I'm Trade saying. Me. That's the weird part. That's they that's should what boo I Ben Simmons weird. even harder in Philly the next time he plays there if he ever does play there again. <laughs> Because this is just annoying trying to be the big man like, oh, yeah, like it's all love. Like if they hate me, they're immature, blah, blah, blah. I hate that stuff. I hate when like they try and high road fan bases like this. Uh, you were wrong. And if you're again, I guess Jack said it best. If you're he's admitting he's wrong, it's fine. You're allowed to do that. Yep. Uh, but Ben Simmons, very weird behavior, like you said. Yeah, it's just just an odd thing to see in the news cycle. Uh, ben Simmons liking Philadelphia is not something I had in my Oh, yeah, he loved it there. <clears throat> right? That's what I'm saying. All right, next thing we have, NBA rule changes. Oh, um, the rollover. <laughs> this is something we had last time that we didn't have time for, or we just wanted to save, so we'll, we'll cover it now quickly. Um, 
Andy Bailey of Bleacher Report, shout out the legends of Bleacher Report for giving us content this offseason, uh, wrote NBA rule changes. The NBA still or rule changes. The NBA still needs to consider. And so we're going to go over them, talk about them briefly. It doesn't have to be a also, long thing, but uh, shout out to the Bleacher Report guy in our comments. We yeah. see you. We respect. <laughs> yes. The Bleacher Hit Report community person. Yeah. Let us know. Let us, let's get on the, you know, Bleacher Report uh, live stream. Hit us up if you're still there. We'll, we'll do some live streams for you. Uh, FIBA goaltending rules is something Andy Bailey wants to see. Basically, once the ball hits the rim, fair game. I don't have a problem with it. It's just I don't think it would ever happen. You know what I'm saying? It's just too big of a change to implement. Yeah, I think people are afraid of the change. I heard, yeah. I think Bill Simmons talked about this on his podcast, and he was like, realistically, it probably happened like two or three times a game, if that, where it would actually impact the play. So, mm-hmm. I, I don't really know if the change would be seismic, but it would be a tough thing to implement. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's going to be a lot of knee-jerk reactions or or different... I, I guess FIBA has a set of rules, so there's not going to be, like, loopholes or can they touch it in the cylinder? What's a goal 10? Yeah. What's not a goal 10? Like, I think you'll get that from fans if you were to do that, but it's not, like, the mo- the worst thing ever. I will say, I do think it would eliminate a lot of the issues with goaltending, like, where they don't call it or, or it's missed or they call it incorrectly. Like if it touches the rim, it's fair game. Obviously I, I don't know if this is a thing in, in FIBA, but I assume you can't stick your hand through the bottom of the net. I think that's still illegal. <laughs> I don't know. My point is, I don't know, but I, I think it would make things a bit more concise and clear. I just think it's too big of a change to like <clears throat> implement, but maybe over some, sure. some years, who knows fewer timeouts, uh, soccer and basketball share some common ground well, to put the team, blah, blah, blah. I don't know how many he's suggesting. I can't see here. Cutting the number of timeouts basically to three or four per game would improve the flow. Yes, but uh, I don't know if the NBA would ever do it because then they'd be cutting out on commercials and ad time. Yeah, and it all the- money. They'd have to yeah. start panhandling, so they would so, not do that. Yeah, I don't think so. And I, I think it's a fine amount right now, especially with the, the required. That is what makes soccer fire, though, is they just don't have commercials. Like this They're out there playing. They're going till halftime or the end of the game. That's yeah. it. That is fun. Speaking of soccer, Brentford almost lost in the FA Cup to Newport County. The other day. So Newport, Newport, fine city. Yeah, I mean, Newport, sneaky, the best exactly. city in Rhode Island. It might be better than Providence. Like just in terms of go. being a city, especially in the summer. I went there a couple of weeks ago, not to like completely derail this, but there are so many more people like out and about. Newport actually feels like a city. Hmm. Like if you're in downtown Providence at times, it feels like a movie set. Like. The landscape is there, but there's just no people. Right. Yeah. End of no, that. sorry. I was just saying Brentford lost Newport County, by the way, in case you're wondering, is in the I don't know, league they're in. Uh, league two, league one. They're bad. Football league two. And Brentford had to go to penalties because they let in a 96 minute goal. Well, anyway, I'm just complaining. The fellas. <clears throat> Still, I don't care. You can't lose to a league two team. Uh, harsher pen- penalties for flopping. They're I'm in that. I'm down. Or is that definitely a thing? I think they're doing that. Well, I would I would enjoy it uh, if that's a thing. Um, basically, just saying pe- penalize players for flopping. Offsite replay review. This has to be Andy's best one. He cooked here. We we got to cut the shit. We, we got to stop acting like the refs are the only people who are looking at this play that they're reviewing on the box on the side of the screen. Let New York figure out the correct call. Send it in. Call it a day. Replay reviews take too long. You could have all of these replay reviews. You know how they cut it, cut off the like, oh, you can't review the out of bounds call at the end of the games now. Like that's not a thing anymore. Like it was two years ago. 
you could just have that if you just let New York figure it out and let them know. Have them in an earpiece. Like, just just figure it out away. Yeah, let you, them can know just, you can on, literally uh, just do this. That's what I'm saying. So this is definitely a thing. I don't get why it has to be this way. I would anymore. love a Scott Foster meme of him doing the review. It would be right. I would agree. Uh, two more. Ban the block charge. I don't understand what this is. Banning the block. taking Banning charges, basically. Taking a charge. Um, I, eh. I, oh, is this? This is the people that were all mad yeah. about the charges. Yeah. Yeah, no. Bad. The charges Bad. are part of the game. Because you just have guys like, yeah, there's one more. Um, bring is back. Four point shot. No, bring back prep to pros basically let people come until the end oh that's right i've read this article i'm an idiot yeah you put I can't it believe the they didn't put the four point shot in there everybody loves that and no out on the four but, point shot no i'm out on it too but everybody loves to be like they should they should make the four point shot the only acceptable thing is like or the only way i would entertain it is if like oh if you're past half court but then you'll just have people no. pulling up from. Well, yeah. I, I more meant like on like half court heaves, like at the end of the game. If you want to make that four points, if you're going to make anything four points, oh, that's dude. the only variation I will accept. The like, real, I don't think the real change they should make in regards to this is the any shot over half court is not towards your field goal percentage. So they actually take that. Yes, I agree. I think that that should be a thing as well. Chat, um, what what anyways. changes would you want to see? Before we Let us know. quickly, quickly go through the Reddit post. Yes, Sam's Reddit post of the day. Hit me with it. What you got today? Hey, the Reddit post of the day from at Heemzagan. Or you slash Heemzagan. What is the quote-unquote worst career LeBron could have had and not been labeled as a bust? LeBron had so much hype coming into in that draft. Even just an all-star level player would have been a disappointment. Despite that, he is always regarded as having an exceeded the hype. What is the worst career he could have had and still quote unquote lived up or at least not been a disappointment? Mm-hmm. Hypothetically, what if LeBron has the career of Paul Pierce or Carmelo? What about Paul George or Butler? Would that still be enough to live up to the hype? Slight disappointment? What do you think? I'm going to pull up the post so I can see what the replies have to say. But I'll let I... you pontificate. That's an interesting question. I think there's a lot of stuff that goes into it because obviously, like, <clears throat> I think the best way to think about it is what if he just stayed with the Cavs for his entire career, never left, and never had them be bad and then get Kyrie and stuff? Because, like, <clears throat> as I say this all the time and you get mad, or maybe you don't get mad, but like, we I'll get we mad, quibble about it. Those Cavs teams were so unbelievably, unbearably terrible. They were just objectively awful. <clears throat> and I'll if he stayed with them, done. yeah. I, I, say it now go ahead I'm i couldn't tell uh if he had stayed in cleveland i partly <laughs> think some of that pressure comes off because everyone's like respect maybe you know Possibly. like kobe i mean kobe won five but like dirk won <laughs> one he stayed with dallas his whole career everyone's like respect dirk greatest power i think a ever. dirk career he would have been fine i maybe. i agree i think if he wins a title they respect it yeah uh go ahead Back to what you were saying. I was just saying anything. I think the context is important because if the Cavs never put a good team around him and he never won a title, it'd be hard to judge him because he stayed for the same place and they just couldn't do it. If he leaves and stuff, you expect a couple rings. I like with the amount of hype though, it's just hard to imagine. Cause like probably this is the least he could have done. <laughs> like, no, like this is, I don't know about that. Maybe I, I I think 
I think if his career ended after those two Miami titles, he would have been fine. I think the people would be like, okay, he is LeBron. And then I think it was the going back to Cleveland, getting them a ring, and then winning another one. Yeah, because that made him like respect. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Sure. Just like if he never um, left. I think if Top you stopped comments. his career after Miami, though, that's probably where I'd say, yeah, okay, he's good now. LeBron having the career arc of Carmelo would have been a major disappointment. Two thousand <laughs> yes. upvotes. I think it's it true. He didn't win. Correct. Carmelo, I think, is so overrated. I don't think he's had. He, he's not as like heralded as, or he's too. He's held in too high of a regard, I think. I think he's a Hall of I know Famer, what you mean. But I don't think like he's like this otherworldly player. Like the Knicks teams he was on sucked for the most part. Partly his fault, partly not. He he really like bottomed out towards the back half. Like he didn't have the longevity of LeBron. Somebody else said one title in parentheses as the main guy, eight all star appearances that gives him the championship breakthrough plus longevity. It's probably fair. Uh <laughs> That does not say anything. For, people for just complain Car- that people use the word bust. For your Carmelo point, he's ranked 63rd on the Athletics all-time players list. Is he better than Pierce? <clears throat> uh, no, 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 no. Pierce is No, no, 50. on the list. No, no, Pierce is 50. No, okay. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's not close. Um, that's my question is, bad. the biggest things that I have, and I know you don't like this player either, Carmelo mm. versus Kyrie, who's had the better career? Right. That's a good question. Well, I think <laughs> I think Carmelo didn't have situations where he was like burning bridges too too much. Houston maybe. Sure. Right? Or 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 OKC like wasn't the best cuz he didn't want to come off the bench. But like Kyrie, the knock on Kyrie now is not even so much a basketball thing. It's just I mean, I guess off you can be court. like he was he couldn't be the number 1 in, in sure. Boston cuz he, he they didn't get past the second round when he played. But mm-hmm. it was that he's a team killer now. Went went to the uh, left the Cavs. Say you want to play with LeBron. Joins the Celtics. Leaves the Celtics, where like everybody was mad at him. Goes and plays with the Nets. Quits on them. Like all he requested trade by the way when they were doing well. Yeah, all of these, and he had the whole the COVID thing where he wasn't playing, and yeah, like that was all a mess too. So he's got the reputation of a team killer. But if you just look at like the career, I would probably say Kyrie because Melo didn't win a ring as a number one option either. But Kyrie got one as a second option. Like I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. It, it's really tough to say. Now I think these guys are also in the same conversations, and I just saw them on the list: Carmelo, Dame, or Anthony Davis, and Dwight Howard. Throw them in there too. Career. You know what I'm saying? Like this, this, these are the players I feel like a lot of people like. If you if you spit out that list right away, almost everyone would say Carmelo without a second thought, right? Like everyone would be like, "Oh, Carmelo, what are we doing?" But like realistically. Those four I players. think Dwight and Carmelo had very similar careers. I think Dwight had a better career. He might have, but they were similar. Like Dwight yes. powerhouse with his first spot was okay with the second and third spots. Like he was okay in LA. Didn't play great with Kobe was okay in Houston next to Harden. Then he left and then it went downhill. Mello leaves, goes to the Knicks. First half his tenure with the Knicks. Okay. Second half, not great. And then he's bounced around eventually out of the league. Dame stays mm-hmm. in Portland the whole time. He's had an interesting career. The, the market in Portland is not great enough to get talent. So that's like a little like made the conference finals though. Made the conference finals. I don't know. I, I think Dwight Dwight's an interesting player. I saw Dwight highlights a couple weeks ago. I thought it was like, AD wow. too. I mean, as much as AD, I, I completely ignored thing, him. My bad. No, you're good. I'm just saying like injuries held him back. He was like he one of, supposed to be one of nasty. the best players ever at one point. Mm-hmm. Cause he was healthy. He was going to win mm-hmm. MVP. I mean, the Celtics I mean, still nasty. hate him for him. Mm-hmm. 
I just thought it was an interesting conversation. Anyways, uh, shall Move we on. head into the rat list here? I have stretching to do. I gotta get ready to try my championship. <laughs> you, you got something for the rat list here? I do. I have three things. Hit me. You go first. I don't have anything. Uh, there, so. I'll do a quick one. So yesterday I was out running, and uh, I do. You have people. You you don't because you don't go outside. But if you're listening, do you have people in your life? <laughs> That like you see them all the time and you kind of have like a understanding that you have like a small, small relationship, like you're acquainted and you're you're friendly. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. So I I run by this guy's house all the time, but he he's out walking his dogs. They like this guy. Uh, but anyways, I run by him yesterday. He says, you better start eating. You're getting skinny like me. So what the <laughs> <hell>? <laughs> Just catching strays. Took my AirPod out to hear that. Up the calories, buddy. Come on. I, I if I win tonight, I'll be eating. Who knows what I'll eat? So my champagne. If I win a championship tonight, might get a pazuki mm. to myself. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll rat list myself, be- not because I mm. think I deserve to. Oh, we didn't even put the rat list banner on. Let me put that on quick. Um, oh, <clears throat> oops, my bad. You uh, talk, I'll do it. I got it. I got it. Um, I'll rat list myself, not because I think I deserve to be on the rat list, because I think you would put me on the rat list for something mm. I'm feeling. I'm excited for football this year, <laughs> which is I've never well, been excited for football. Like I've never just sat like, why are you I excited think for football? I think it's because I've been playing Madden. And so I've been like paying attention. Okay. Like, oh, this is fun. Blah, blah, blah. And I also love fantasy football. So I'm excited to play fantasy again. But okay. I just like I, I, every once in a while, I'm thinking like, oh, I might watch some Patriots games this year, which I know like three games in, I'm just going to stop doing. But like I'm and I also think it's just because there's nothing right well that that's what i was gonna say i like subliminally get excited for football season to start one i actually enjoy college football week one's mm, gonna be this week is a rule do you have a favorite um, college team i don't know man i i we, like that should be our i really quest. started getting into college football like two years ago my friend devin was like come over and we'll watch the games and georgia was a powerhouse like they had jordan davis mm-hmm. and he was like you gotta see these guys these guys are athletes and like they like got a big stop <laughs> And he was screaming athletes, so I like supported them that whole season. But they were also like the best team, so I can't yeah. be like I want to be a Georgia fan. I kind of like LSU, and here's why: the head coach of LSU, uh, Brian Kelly, he's from Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. He was the head coach at Notre Dame. He like took the LSU job like 24 hours after like the season at Notre Dame left. He goes down to LSU, has an inter- introductory press conference. It, it, I think he's at like some like event, basketball game, something. A lot of people there. And he's giving a speech and all of a sudden he has a southern drawl. <laughs> he's like, me and my family, you guys welcomed us. And it's like, dude, you're from Massachusetts. So mm-hmm. I always thought that was kind of hilarious. So I kind of root for them. Uh, I like Big Ten football a lot. I'm somewhat partial to Penn State because my boy Greg, who I've been friends with forever, he's a big mm-hmm. Penn State guy. So I always kind of supported them too. But I don't have like I don't like get super duper like up for any team. I don't really have a favorite team either. I I like Michigan, but only because mm. I had a Michigan sweatshirt I wore as a kid, and so then just internally I just that I think I just like state guy. He would spit in your direction. Yeah, right. I think I just like the colors, and so I was like, oh, I'll support Michigan. I really like Troy Burke too when he was at Michigan. It's not football, but like Troy Burke was sick, right? Mm. And so I just I think they're fine. I also had a Texas sweatshirt. I just based I had a lot of college sweatshirts, so I just based it on which sweatshirts I wore the most. And those two were the one ones I wore the most. Uh my friend uh Danny went to Pitt, so like that's also but they're 
They're, okay. they're kind of ass. So <laughs> really root for Pitt. Um, I don't know. Tell us in the comments who should we root for for college football. Maybe we'll, we'll do something. Maybe we'll watch a playback college football. Colorado games. State with Deion <laughs> Sanders. Should we play back a college football? No. <laughs> college football is like go to Devin's house and watch college football. Leave me alone. Yeah, uh, but back to back to you being excited about football. Yeah. I get like subliminally excited for football every year because I know basketball's next. Mm, okay. And I also I like you. fantasy football. But I don't yeah. like I can't sit and watch a whole football game. Mm. I just can't. There's too much I sand around. I got bored in the Super Bowl last year. I was watching it. They started playing video games. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm out. Don't care. <laughs> uh rat list. Uh this the girl working the register at a restaurant last night. So I'm <laughs> I've got my order to go. And as I'm leaving, I say, hey, have a great night. And she said, have a better one. Why do you have to one up me? I'm just doing my pleasantries. Why do you have to be better at it than me? Yeah, that's. I was like, I don't even know what to say to that. I was like, I thank you, I guess. That's a new one. I've never heard that. Yeah, that is a rat list. That's a great rat list. No, no, yeah, that's uh, that's unacceptable behavior. So rat move. Like I was like, I got nothing. You beat me. Period. Uh, rat list the giant bug in my kitchen last night. Mm. Uh, so I'm I'm getting my food or whatever. I'm getting my drink. I run to the bathroom. I come back. Uh, just getting my stuff ready to go eat. I'm excited because I'm hungry, right? As you do. <clears throat> come back in the kitchen. I just see whoosh right across my face. It, in my head, it, it was it was smaller than. I think what I perceived it in the moment, but it looked like the size of my hand just flying across my kitchen. I thought it was a bat for like a split second. I was like, what are we doing? What is happening? It ended up being like, I'm trying to think of like something. It's probably the size of my finger, like uh, tall and like half of that wide. So it was, oh, it was boy. significantly bigger than just like a fly or something in your kitchen. So it, it was enough now, to have you, me uh, shut. Don't kill bugs. Guy? Bug. Hell no. That shit had to die. No, 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 no. Miss me <clears throat> with that out on bugs hate bugs this thing was huge i got a, sh- a crock and i killed it but when it was on the counter you could just see it like a little bit alive left and i i hate bugs and so i just i had to fully put it out of its misery but just ratless for just i mean i i had never felt more or less of a, an adult and then in that moment i reverted back to my five-year-old self i was like oh i ran away to get stuff to kill it with uh disaster disaster I just, uh, i'm not gonna do the rat list i put on the sheet because i don't really feel like getting into it but <laughs> i'll do a fun one rat list kind of rat list the texas change on massacre if i could speak english video game mm. i've been playing with my friends love it a lot of fun the problem is is it has made its way into my dreams. <laughs> so if you don't know, the game consists of seven players. There are four victims, three killers, and you try and escape. And if you're a killer, you try and kill people. Who do you play with? I might have to jump in. Ray, Frank, Joe. Oh, that's yeah, you can play. It's fun. Uh, but anyways, I've been having dreams from the perspective <laughs> of being in the game. These dreams are not nightmarish, as in like, I feel like I'm going to die. I have the same amount of emotion I have when I'm playing the game, but I still find myself getting annoyed when the killers won't piss off. (laughs) Like I'm just trying to like move around and then I'm like, Oh, got to hide. 
so yeah, that, that's been a weird that might dream be, thing that's been happening to me. <laughs> that might be the most Sam thing you've ever said. No, I don't get scared when the killer's trying to murder me. It just pisses me off. <laughs> well, like in the context of the game, it does. Like if I if I, I spawn in and it's right near me right away, I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> happens three or four times in a row. You like, start uh, getting real pissed. It's just like Dead by Daylight, effectively. It's the same thing. Yes. Okay. Cool. 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 Um, I just had a rat list. Oh. Excuse me, Ratless from our comments. Shout out Philip Hart, who commented. This is something we talked about before. Oh, 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 oh. I thought you were Ratlisting your commenter. No, 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 no. This is somebody's Ratless they put in the comments. Shout out Philip. Commented, Ratless people who leave shopping carts in the parking lot and can't be bothered to walk a few feet. When it smacks someone's car and costs $1,000, raises their insurance. I hope it's a car of someone who leaves out carts themselves. It's the same people who chuck trash on the ground because they're too precious to carry it to a trash can. And I agree. We've talked about this before. Put the put the cart back. Just just walk three steps. Come on. What are we doing? Ratlist, uh, my girlfriend. We went to Whole Foods yesterday, <laughs> and uh, she wants to get like groceries for her apartment. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, do you want a, a basket? She's like, no, 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 we'll be all right. And then no. we're at the the back where like the oat milk is, and she's like, I want to get three of these. I'm like, would you like me to go get a basket? And yeah. she said yes. But disaster that uh, I had mentioned that we should get it back. Does she listen to the rat list? Will she know you put her on the rat list? Not unless I tell her. Okay. Or is she, this... she listened to uh, one of them that I, when we were like, this is the greatest rat list ever. And then nobody mm. commented about it. Yeah. No one. No one gave a shit. Well, last, last time was, was good too. Nobody commented about it. No. Let us know if you like the rat list. Somebody actually did. People commented about last. No, rat people list like the rat list. Like people will comment about it, but like they won't be like, oh, someone was like talking about the basketball thing. Nobody. Yeah. 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 Nitro. yeah. I loved Lil Nitro. That was maybe yeah. the best Rattless we ever had. Um, I don't think I have any more Rattless though. I think I'm I'm done for the night. I think I've got. All right. A, I think I'm good with Rattless. Rattless. Anyways, me if I'm not a men's league champion next time, we talk. <clears throat> yes, we'll see. Sam's got his men's league game tonight. Wish him luck. Thank you all for tuning in to How About Them Celtics. Obviously, like I say every time, subscribe to the channel. <laughs> what? What are you laughing at? Not, nothing <laughs> you message. would understand. It's like an inside joke. <laughs> All right, I'll go fuck myself. Uh, thank y'all for tuning in to have out them Celtics. Subscribe to the channel. We appreciate it. Check us out on Apple and Spotify. Leave us five stars there. Check us out on Playback. Go follow us on playback.tv slash how about them Celtics. Leave us a follow there. Uh, obviously, we have none right now because I just created it literally an hour Jeez. ago. What do you um, say that for? <laughs> but we are we get, do have the little verified check there so we are kind of cool. oh we have a check you know? we have a little check next to how about them you pay for it don't worry about it. no it's just there oh. don't worry about it it's in the account look at us who would have thought uh we have who one member thought. and it is uh me so go make that more than one member check us out uh we'll be watching some Celtics games with you guys next year leave us a comment on the youtube thank you all for watching i'll let sam take us out Yes, playback. Do what he said. On top of that, thank you very much for watching and listening. If you're watching, you're on YouTube somewhere. If you're on our channel, make sure you subscribe. Leave a like. Tell us what you think about the many things we prompted you on today. And uh, hit the notification bell. We're putting up daily videos. There. One more month, then we're going to have games to talk about. But yes, follow us. We're, we're here every day. Uh, Audio platform, Spotify, Apple, we're there. Follow us, leave a nice five-star review, say something nice about the show so people have good reference for when they want to listen. You can find us on socials at How About Them Seas, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Facebook is just the name of the podcast. You can find any live stream we do there. Uh, you can follow Jack on Twitter at Jack's Money Go read his Isaiah article if you have not. 
And you can follow me at Sam LaFrance NBA. You can read my why the Celtics should not be worried about having too many draft picks on. That's it for us. Bye.